Salutations, listeners. You are listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. And I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we are here to cure you with the funky, funky, groovy piano vibes of one of the masters of hard bop jazz. We're going to be talking about and spinning some tracks of the great Horace Silver. So, we've got 25 tracks that we're going to be sharing with you um, of just pure goodness. I mean, to uplift your spirits, get your booty grooving, and just make you feel in a whole lot better place. Because I know that we're going through a lot here in 2020, all over the world, and um, yeah, and and. By the way, I just got a report that, you know, some European countries like Luxembourg uh, is really on top of the Dr. Jazz podcast as far as music podcasts go. And I want to send a shout out to y'all and say thank you very, very much. Um, Past that point, we are going to be, like I said, talking about some of the history, uh, some of the tracks, some of the sidemen, some of the albums, uh, some of the record labels of the great... Horace Ward Martin Tavares Silver, better known to jazz fans as Horace Silver. So we thank you for tuning in, and we're going to try not to talk too much. We're going to mainly try to let the music speak for itself, because it's certainly capable of doing that. And um, yeah, so, you know, apologize for any kind of hiatus. Sometimes work and family and holidays and things like that kind of... uh, Put a little bit of a pause in between podcasts, but I'm going to do my best to keep it churning for you. And whenever we do, it's going to be going just like this. So without further ado, let's get to the sensational music of composer, arranger, band leader, pianist, and groove master, Mr. Horace Silver. Thank you. 
Thank you.
we'd like to uh, inform you, those of you who just came in, we're uh, recording up here this evening, live, we hope, from uh, the Village Gate. We'd like for you all to help us get in the groove, let your hair down and come on and get in the music with us. We would like to do for you at this time a brand new composition of ours written about a mythical young man of rather dubious character. Uh, we'd like to have you all join in with us on this one and help us find the groove by patting your feet or popping your fingers or clapping your hands or shaking your heads or shaking whatever else you want to shake. While we do a little thing we call filthy McNasty.
Thank you very much. Have a nice hand for Blue Mitchell trumpet, Junior Cook tenor saxophone, Roy Brooks drums, Dean Taylor bass, and yours truly. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. Okay, we'll do another one. All right. Thank you very much for your very kind applause. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, <laughs> Horace Silverman doing the thing at the village gate is where we just heard filthy Mac Nasty and that uh, lovely kind of character bio of this dubious fellow that uh, Horace wrote about and that is an original composition by Horace Silver and it features some of my favorite musicians in all of jazz. It features uh, the great Blue Mitchell on trumpet and I just love Blue Mitchell from his, his sideman you know, recordings, his his albums as a leader, just everything, man. Blue Mitchell is where it's at. And if you haven't checked out some albums about Blue Mitchell, like Blue Soul, that's a great place to start, you know. Um, or These Sides with Horace Silver, either one of those. And, oh, my God, it's just good stuff. So the great Junior Cook was on tenor saxophone, as you probably heard Horace Silver say, and uh, Gene Taylor on the bass, Roy Brooks on the drums, and, of course, the maestro himself, Horace Silver, on the piano. That last track was Filthy McNasty. And <clears throat> before that, by the way, we are just going in alphabetical order because there's so many great Horace Silver tunes. You know, I I, I just threw up my hands and said, you know what? We're just going to go alphabetically, A to Z, um, for these 25 tracks. And by no means, don't think that these are the 25 only tracks that you should listen to. There are hundreds of great Horace Silver tracks. It's just that these are my personal 25. This is the Dr. Jazz 25 Horace Silver favorites that of mine. So hopefully they become some of yours and it will entice you to check out some Horace Silver recordings as well. So there's a full disclaimer for that. Uh, before that, we heard the Cape Verdean Blues off of the album, the Cape Verdean Blues, um, which is an original composition by Horace Silver. And uh, before that, strangely enough, we heard Bonita, uh, a Horace Silver composition from the exact same album. Even though I'm going alphabetical, it just happens to work out this way. So it just kind of blew my mind when I started actually playing these. Um, so on the Cape Verdean Blues and Bonita from the album, the Cape Verdean Blues, it features um, a, a sextet format. It features... Roger Humphreys on the drums, the great Bob Cranshaw on bass. And if that name sounds slightly familiar to you and you listen to a couple of jazz albums, you should not, you know, give yourself a pat on the back because Bob Cranshaw was also the bassist for many, 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 many Blue Note sessions. Uh, but on top of that, he was the longest, uh, one of the longest bassists for the great Sonny Rollins all the way up to some of Sonny Rollins' like 9-11 concert, I believe, and he was on a whole host of Sonny Rollins' recordings on electric and upright bass. So Bob Cranshaw, you know, one of the truly unsung heroes, uh, underrated heroes of jazz music, you know, 
Bob Cranshaw, man. May he rest in peace. The late, great Bob Cranshaw. Of course, the maestro Horace Silver on piano. And the tenor saxophone slot, the one, the only, blue note legend, Joe Henderson. And then on the trombone, we heard from trombone master J.J. Johnson. You know, and man, it makes such a great sound with Horace's uh, compositions and arrangements. And then in the trumpet chair, it's not Blue Mitchell this time, but the legendary Woody Shaw. That's right. This is where Woody Shaw really started to cut his teeth. And this was in a recording session in 1965. Woody Shaw playing trumpet alongside Joe Henderson, J.J. Johnson, and Horace Silver. God bless, man. Great, great stuff. From that beautiful ballad, Bonita, to the, 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 the Latin rhythms of the Cape Verdean blues. Just incredible. And then... Um, before that, we heard Blowing the Blues Away, and we started off the set with the Baghdad Blues, both written by Horace Silver and both from the same album, Blowing the Blues Away. This is a Blue Note album from 1959, featuring almost the exact same band from The Village Gate. Blue Mitchell's on trumpet, Junior Cook's on tenor sax, Horace Silver on piano, Gene Taylor's on the bass, but instead of Roy Brooks on drums, we have Lewis Hayes on drums. And if that name sounds familiar to you as well, <clears throat> it should because Lewis Hayes uh, played drums with Cannonball Adderley. So, if you're looking for some funky beats, Lewis Hayes, man. Um, yeah, and Blowing the Blues Away, a, a killer blues, um, you know, with some some shout choruses in the middle and some intros and things like that. Um, and the Baghdad blues, you get that, that Sephardi kind of Middle Eastern sound, you know, that Arabic kind of sound, but still grooving at the same time. Um, yeah, I mean, Horace is really doing some incredible things, especially for 1959. Don't forget, this was like the golden year in jazz music. 1959 is the same year that Miles Davis came out with Kind of Blue, started recording Sketches of Spain. John Coltrane did Giant Steps. Charles Mingus came out with Mingus I Um. Dave Brubeck came out with uh, t the Time Out album featuring Take Five and Blue Rondo a la Turk. Ornette Coleman was releasing The Shape of Jazz to Come with Don Cherry and 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 the, his whole quartet, you know, and, and songs like Lonely Woman and Peace and Eventually and, you know, all that great stuff was happening in 1959 at the same time that Horace was recording this album, Blowing the Blues Away for Blue Note Records. So it's truly a magical year. And this is unfortunately one of the albums that kind of got lost in that huge shuffle of major... Uh, jazz landmark albums, but not to take away anything from Horace. It's an incredible, incredible album. So, yeah, I mean, just killer, killer, killer stuff. Um, yeah, so anyway, I wanted to give you a little backstory on uh, Horace Silver. He was born in September 2nd, 1928, Norwalk, Connecticut. Um, but his mother... Gertrude was from Connecticut, but his father, John Tavares Silver, was actually born on the island of Mayo in Cape Verde. That's right. That's where he gets 
the Cape Verdean blues, right? And basically his father immigrated to the United States as a young man. Um, so his, his mother um, was really into like piano and things like that. Um, and his <laughs> Horace began playing the piano in his, as a child and he had classical music lessons. But his father was the one who taught him the folk music of the Cape Verde. So at the age of 11, the wise age of 11, Horace Silver became interested in becoming a musician, but only after he heard the great Jimmy Lunsford and his orchestra. By the way, if you haven't heard Jimmy Lunsford, go right now. Check out some Jimmy Lunsford, man. That's some killer, killer music too. Jazznocracy, White Heat, all those great songs. Uh, but anyway, Horace Silver's early piano influences included the styles of Boogie Woogie and the blues. And you can hear that all throughout some of his funky piano stylings just on that first set that we heard. But pianists like Nat King Cole, Thelonious Monk, Bud Powell, Art Tatum, and the great Teddy Wilson, who just had a birthday uh, a couple of days ago, uh, were some of the influences on Horace on the piano on top of many jazz horn players. So he graduated from grammar school in 1943. Uh, but the crazy part is that from ninth grade, he played the tenor saxophone in the Norwalk High School Band and Orchestra. And he played the tenor saxophone very much in the style of the great Lester Young. That's right, Prez. So he, would, he eventually found gigs on both piano and tenor saxophone while he was still in school. Um, you know, the... World War II draft came along, but he was rejected for that because they found that he actually had uh, scoliosis, which is an excessively curved spine. And that actually wound up interfering with his saxophone playing. So 1946, around there, he moved to Hartford, Connecticut, and he took up a regular job as a pianist in a nightclub. And it would, would eventually... Uh, played with one of the greatest Lester Young-inspired tenor saxophonists of all time, Stan Getz. He was the pianist in Stan Getz's band around 1950. Um, he gave Horace Silver his recording debut in December of 1950 with one of his quartets. Um, after Horace Silver replaced the pianist in Stan Getz's band, he moved to the great New York City where was it was the mecca of jazz and there he started working as kind of like a freelance musician but he kept on writing these you know bluesy kind of tunes and he worked with one of his idols Lester Young Coleman Hawkins uh, before and and cats like that before he met the great alto saxophonist living legend Lou Donaldson and Lou Donaldson was the one whom he developed his bebop understanding. You know, really getting into the, the meat and potatoes of the music and figuring it out. So Lou Donaldson made his first Blue Note record in 1952, and it included Horace Silver on the piano, Gene Ramey on bass, and one of my heroes that I've talked about on many podcast episodes, Art Taylor on the drums. So later that year... 
another Blue Note quartet session was booked for Lou Donaldson with Art Blakey replacing Art Taylor. Now, that's a substitution that even I will approve of because it's Art Blakey, man. So, the <laughs> Lou Donaldson um, withdrew and the producer, Alfred Lyon, offered Horace Silver the studio time for a trio recording. Most of the tracks were original compositions by Horace Silver, and he went on to stay with Alfred Lyon and Blue Note Records as a leader for the following 28 years. So, even though Lou pulled out of that that particular session, that was the one of that Horace was in the right place at the right time, and he met the great Art Blakey. So, if you stay with something, and even if it's by happenstance, it could fortify a genuine great musical partnership like Horace did with Art Blakey and Horace found with Alfred Lyon in which he stayed with Blue Note for 28 years. That's almost three decades, folks. So, things are sometimes just meant to be. Now, let us hear a little bit more from that wonderful output of 28 years on this next set. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Thank you. 
we'd like to uh, simmer down a bit right now for you and uh, try to find a little groove on a little bluesy type composition we call this one Kiss Me Right.
Pure beauty and gorgeousness. Mm. So that tune is a trio number called Lonely Woman, written by Horace Silver, not to be confused with um, the composition of the same name, written by the great Ornette Coleman, <clears throat> and not to be confused with the composition of the same name, written in 1937 by Benny Carter. So in case you're wondering, there are three jazz compositions entitled Lonely Woman. This one is written by Horace Silver, recorded in 1963, Halloween of 1963. And it features um, Roger Humphreys on the drums, Teddy Smith on the bass, and the maestro composer himself, Horace Silver, on piano. And it comes from the Blue Note album, Song for My Father. And the whole album is full of great, 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 great numbers. Um, but this is truly one of those lyrical ballads. And I wanted to throw one or two of those in the mix of these 25 best Horace Silver numbers. Because I think it's important to realize most people, if they've heard of Horace Silver, they associate him with funky grooves and feel-good music and hard bop, and that's great. And uh, I agree with that, and that's our main mission. 
with this particular episode of the Dr. Jazz podcast. But I think it also is worth noting that he had a very beautiful lyrical side that he could write those kind of tunes like Lonely Woman. And on top of the grooviness that he possesses as a composer and a pianist. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's not typical, but I, I wanted to point that out and put a little bit of spotlight on the diversity of Horace Silver's writing and his compositions. So, there you go. Uh, before that, we heard Kiss Me Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, from Horace Silver and his group at, on the album Doing the Thing at the Village Gate, the same one with Filthy McNasty, we heard Kiss Me Right, which features Roy Brooks on drums, Gene Taylor on bass, Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Junior Cook on tenor saxophone, and the great Horace Silver on piano. Before that, we heard Juicy Lucy with almost the exact same band uh, from the album Finger Poppin'. We heard Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Junior Cook on tennis sax, Horace Silver on piano, Gene Taylor on bass, and Louis Hayes on the drums. One of the most just sauntering, beautiful, just feel-good songs. Juicy Lucy from the Blue Note album Finger Poppin', January 31st, 1959. For that, we heard the Jody Grind from an album of the same name. 1966 Blue Note Records. Roger Humphreys on the drums. Larry Ridley, this time on the bass. Tyrone Washington uh, on tenor saxophone. Which he's got a great album. Um, if you haven't checked out the uh, the annals of Blue Note history, um, there's like a thing, a natural essence, natural thing that's um, got. It's an album by Tyrone Washington. It's really killer. You should really check it out. Uh, James Spaulding on alto saxophone and flute. If you've heard the name James Spaulding, it's probably as a sideman with the great Freddie Hubbard. He's um, the sideman on Hub Tones. So, yeah, that's a great album, too. Uh, but, yeah, James Spaulding in the alto and flute chair for Horace Silver on this Jody Grind recording. And, of course, we've already said his name, but it's worth mentioning again, the great Woody Shaw killing it on trumpet. And uh, the Jody Grind, it's the opening track, it's the name of the album, 1966 Blue Note. Um, Yeah, man, another original composition by Horace Silver, and it's just, those breaks, that's what really makes it, man. And then we started off this set of music uh, with a really special tune in more ways than one. It's a tune called Gregory Is Here, and... Gregory was named after his newborn son, Gregory Silver. And this is from 1972 on Blue Note Records. The album is called In Pursuit of the 27th Man. We heard Mickey Roker on drums. We heard Bob Cranshaw on the electric bass this time. There you go, Bob Cranshaw's name again. Um... We heard none other in the horn seats than the great Brecker brothers. That's right. We're talking about Randy Brecker on the trumpet and flugelhorn on this album, who just celebrated his 75th birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Randy Brecker. And his brother, the late great Michael 
Brecker, Mike Brecker on tenor sax. So the Brecker brothers with the great Horace Silver on piano and Bob Cranshaw on bass. Mm, Gregory is here. Got to hear all those beautiful stylings and, and such a great original composition by the maestro Horace Silver. And, um, yeah, you know, that's something else I wanted to bring up, um, you know, in this little uh, set break is, you know, there's a lot of folks that's covered some great Horace Silver tunes and some that's even uh, produced full, like, dedication albums to, to Horace Silver. You know, Dee Dee Bridgewater. God love Dee Dee Bridgewater. China Moses' mother, in case you didn't know that, um, has an incredible album called Love and Peace, the music of Horace Silver, in which she sings so many Horace Silver numbers that actually have lyrics like Filthy McNasty, right? And it's just, it's incredible. Um, so that's a great album. Conrad Herwig has the Latin side of Horace Silver, uh, the great trombonist and arranger, Conrad Herwig. Um, yeah, that's an album to check out. Uh, and then, you know, there's there's just lots of people. Uh, what is it? Oh, even Joey, G, Joey DeFrancesco. Uh, he's got an album um, that, that's basically an homage to the music of Horace Silver in which he even recreates the exact photo from the Finger Poppin' album that we just heard Juicy Lucy from in that last set. So uh, and that just came out relatively recently. So, I mean, Horace's musical legacy endures and it lives on. So, and, um, you know, there's lots and lots and lots of great, great, uh, tunes that even just were randomly covered, you know. I think that Buddy Rich's big band had a killer arrangement of Nutville. And um, you even have Pat Metheny, who's covered Lonely Woman, that beautiful ballad that we just ended on. And that's from his Rejoicing album with, uh, I believe, Billy Higgins and Charlie Hayden as a trio. Um, yeah, I mean... Horace's music is just, it, it, it's untimely. Not to mention, it, it, it creeps up where you least expect it. You know, uh, if case you've ever heard the, the, the band Steely Dan, Ricky Don't Lose That Number takes the exact intro bass line uh, from Horace Silver's song from my father. And, um, and that's, I mean, a Horace Silver bass line intro that could be on pop radio, you know, classic oldies rock and roll radio, whatever, you know. Um, and they're like, yeah, that's exactly where it came from. We're huge jazz fans. <laughs> that's what Donald Fagan and, you know, Walter Becker said. So, um, yeah, I mean, so anytime you're, you you come in contact with, with Horace Silver music, you know, ooh, the Harper Brothers. How could I forget about that? The Harper Brothers... Um, Live at the Village Vanguard. They covered that song, Kiss Me Right, that we just heard in that set. That's another good example. Um, but yeah, anytime you come into contact with Horace Silver music, it's bound to either be beautiful or funky. And it just it lifts your spirits. And I think that as good a person as Horace was, I think that he would be happy to know, looking down on us, that his music is still providing good vibes and making people feel better, which is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast. And that's why we're doing this special spotlight on the music of the great Horace Silver. So with that being said, I want to shamelessly plug our website, you know, uh, Dr. Jazz Podcast, 
drjazz.wordpress.com, drjazz.wordpress.com. You can check out our website. It's been new and improved and easier to navigate. And that way you can check out whatever album art and tracks that you hear. That way you know whenever you're out searching for you know, your own, to build up your own jazz collection. You know exactly what to order or exactly what to look for in your local record store. Also, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. We're right there, so feel free to like us, you know, hit the like button or whatever. And um, write a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. That would sure help us out and get some exposure out there for us. Uh, share with your friends if they dig some jazz vibes or if you think that they need some uplifting music. We're always for that, too. And if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so by following us at the Twitter hashtag or the, the Twitter handle at NDHJazz. So that being said, enough shamelessly plugging the podcast Let's get to another groovy set of music by Vibe Master. Good Vibe Master. <laughs> Pianist, composer, arranger, maestro, Horace Silver. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. 
So that was Psychedelic Sally, and that comes from the 1968 Blue Note album, Serenade to a Soul Sister. And Psychedelic Sally was another original composition by maestro Horace Silver. Uh, That one featured Mickey Roker on the drums, again, the great Bob Cranshaw on bass, Charles Tolliver and all folks on the trumpet killing it you know charles tolliver is still making some great recordings um out there even today and horace silver of course on piano but the tenor saxophone chair was held down by none other than the great stanley turrentine yeah stanley turrentine he's really a, a mainstay in this era of mid-60s to, you know, 1980s jazz. If you've ever heard Sugar, that album, that song, uh, with Freddie Hubbard and Stanley Turrentine, or Cherry um, with Milt Jackson, Don't Mess With Mr. T, tons of great Stanley Turrentine songs and albums. Um, Yeah, there's also, um, what is it, Sea Song? Yeah. 
in which he does a whole bunch of Brazilian tunes. There's also a great album with Stanley Jurantin and Astrid Gilberto. So uh, that's another uh, great album. You know, Stanley Turrentine, man, he's just, he's got a killer version of Sonny, too. You know what I mean? The Sonny. Yeah. Stan the Man Turrentine. All right. Before that, we heard the very first hit that Blue Note had with Horace Silver. Not the very first hit that they ever had, but it was Horace Silver's first hit, and it was on Blue Note Records with Alfred Lyon. And it comes from the 1955 recording. That particular track was recorded in 55, uh, called The Preacher. And it was an original tune by Horace Silver, and it's on the album Horace Silver and the Jazz Messengers, featuring Kenny Dorham on the trumpet, Hank Mobley on the tenor saxophone, Doug Watkins on the bass, the great Art Blakey on the drums, and Horace Silver on piano. This is one of the uh, co-op versions of the Jazz Messengers before it strictly became Art Blakey's group. So, yeah, that's important to note. The Preacher, great, great song bringing that whole gospel soul vibe into, you know, jazz right there. Before that, we heard the beautiful, beautiful ballad that Horace Silver wrote, which I think is like 11 bars. So it's one of those odd tunes as far as the number of measures, like Blue and Green or something like that, or Falling Grace. You know, it's a, it's an odd ballad, but yet I can't imagine more being added to it. And we heard Peace not to be confused with the Hornet Coleman title of the exact same thing. Uh, but this is Peace by Horace Silver, and it comes from an album that we've already talked about from 1959, Blowing the Blues Away. Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Junior Cook on the tenor sax, Gene Taylor on bass, Louis Hayes on drums, Horace Silver on piano. It's one of those gorgeous ballads uh, that Horace wrote. Uh, showing a different kind of style to his writing. And, you know, Peace has been covered by tons of great jazz artists, um, including Branford Marsalis. You know, he's got a great version of that song as well. Um, yeah, I think even Joe Lovano's covered that that song by Horace Silver. So there you go. Before that, we heard the Horace Silver Quintet plus J.J. Johnson from the album The Cape Verdean Blues, again, we heard Nutville. I think I alluded to that earlier. There's a great version of Nutville by the Buddy Rich Big Band in the 70s, you know. But this is the original. And featured again, Roger Humphreys on the drums, Bob Cranshaw on the bass, Horace Silver on piano, Joe Henderson on tenor sax, J.J. Johnson on the trombone, and the great Woody Shaw on trumpet. And then we opened up the set with Nika's Dream, an original tune by Horace Silver from the album Horace Scope. See the wordplay there? From 1960, July 8, 1960, Blue Note Records, an album called Horace Scope, we heard a very familiar band, Roy Brooks on the drums, Gene Taylor on the bass, Junior Cook on the tenor saxophone, Blue Mitchell on the trumpet, and the great Horace Silver on piano. 
And again, Nika's Dream was written for the Baroness Pananaka de Koningswarder, who was a jazz patron that was endeared uh, to many jazz musicians, Horace Silver, Thelonious Monk, Charlie Parker, um, as it was her mission to help fund and, and aid as many of these struggling jazz musicians as possible. Uh, she took care of Thelonious Monk in the last stages of his life alongside his wife Nellie. It wasn't a romantic thing, you know. It's just that she deeply, deeply cared for Thelonious. And Charlie Parker would have probably died of cardiac arrest at the age of 34 on the streets had it not been for Pananaka or Nika taking him into her apartment and correcting the coroner who had estimated the body at 60 years old. And she said, no, he's 34. So even little things like that, besides all the monetary things that she did to help um, jazz yeah, and I mean, and tons of songs have been written for her. Gigi Grice wrote Nika's Tempo. Um, Thelonious Monk wrote Pananica for her. And of course, Horace Silver wrote Nika's Dream for the Baroness. So uh, she's a an interesting figure in the history of jazz. You know, she was a Rothschild. She came from a lot of money. Uh, rumor has it that she was a spy for the Allies in World War II. Her and her husband, you know, were like spies for the Allies. So, um, interesting, interesting, interesting character in the whole history of jazz. And I believe it's her great niece um, did a uh, a documentary on her, you know, called something like Finding the Baroness. So, um, it's very interesting, you know. And there's a great book on that, by the way, uh, called Three Wishes by Pananaka de Koningsvarder. And basically the entire book is just incredible photos of all these jazz greats uh, coming and hanging out at her apartment, you know, and uh, which was called the Cat House because she had like 120 cats or something like that. And she knew the names of every one of them. And um, she always asked them, you know, I only have one request, you know what I mean? I'll give you whatever, food, money, you know, drinks that you want. But... What would your three wishes be if you could have anything in the world? And she collected these little note cards, these little index cards that had everybody's three wishes. And then finally, somebody in her family found the collection of these three wishes from Miles Davis to Thelonious Monk, you know, Sonny Rollins, Horace Silver, you name it. And they com- there were so many, many, many of them. It, it, it made a full book and it lists it you know what each musician is the header and then what their three uh, wishes were and then pictures and pictures and pictures it's a fantastic book I cannot recommend it highly enough so there you go um, yeah so you know one of the things I wanted to talk to you about about Horace Silver was just all the folks that he played with it's it's incredible We've talked about many of them, and we've dropped a couple of the names that were some of the sidemen in his group, from Joe Henderson to J.J. Johnson to Woody Shaw to Michael Brecker and Randy Brecker. But, you know, the thing about it is, is that 
besides being a leader, he was a sideman, and we've talked about him playing with Stan Getz, and we talked about him playing with Art Blakey, um, and Lester Young, and Coleman Hawkins. But, you know, in the, in the mid-50s, or the early to mid-50s, he was uh, very busy recording as a sideman. He was on sessions by Sonny Stitt, Howard McGee, Al Cohn, Art Farmer, Miles Davis, Milt Jackson. He he also won the Downbeat Critics New Star Award for Piano Players in 1954. And this might come as a surprise. At the very first Newport Jazz Festival, John Lewis was, you know, incapacitated and couldn't perform in the modern jazz quartet. And so Horace Silver substituted for John Lewis playing with the Modern Jazz Quartet as the Modern Jazz Quartet at the very first Newport Jazz Festival. Also, um, like I said and mentioned before, he was kind of co-founding and co-oping a group called the Jazz Messengers with the drummer that he met at that Blue Note session, Art Blakey. And he he made plenty of recordings uh, with Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Uh, the first one, one that we heard was from the preacher that we heard in this past set from Horace Silver and the Jazz Messengers. Uh, but then there were also the, the groups at Birdland with Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers live at Birdland. Uh, which featured Lou Donaldson, his old pal on alto sax, as well as the great Clifford Brown on trumpet, and recordings at the Cafe Bohemia uh, with Kenny Dorham and Hank Mobley. So, and then there were recordings with Donald Byrd in the Jazz Messengers. So, and this new uh, funky kind of rhythm based on bebop vocabulary and, and, and harmony along with blues, gospel, R&B kind of elements is what was eventually to be called hard bop jazz. So Horace and Art Blakey were two of the ones who were really responsible for what was called hard bop jazz. And it just really, I just wanted to say real quick that in, in closing, it just kind of amazes me the number the uh, of really great stars in, in in the history of jazz that Horace has played with. I mean, we've already talked about Miles Davis, Sonny Stitt, Howard McGee, Al Cohn, Art Farmer, Milt Jackson, you know, Art Blakey, uh, Clifford Brown, you know, uh, Miles Davis. My God, there's just so many. What is it, Lester Young? Coleman Hawkins, Stan Getz, Art Taylor, you know, um, Woody Shaw, J.J. Johnson, Joe, Joe Henderson, Blue Mitchell, Junior Cook, Bob Cranshaw. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking through here. Hank Mobley, Kenny Dorham, Charles Tolliver, Stanley Turrentine, Benny Maupin. Billy Cobham, the Brecker Brothers, you know, James Spaulding, Tyrone Washington. Oh, man, yeah. Just tons and tons. Carmel Jones is another great one as well. 
Man, I'm just sorry. You, <laughs> Donald Bird. Oh, Clifford Jordan. There's another great one. Teddy Kotick on the bass. You know, known for playing bass with Dave Brubeck. Ah, oh, then you've also got cats like um, Bob Berg, Tom Harrell. That's played with him. I believe that um, even. I think I'll have to check, but Dave Douglas, I think, even played with Horace Silver as well. So we are talking about just a guy that is truly uh, played with some of the best of the best of the best. I mean, not there's not many folks can sit there and say, yeah, I played with Miles Davis and I've also played with Bob Burke and I've also played with Billy Cobham and I've also played with. Clifford Brown, and I've also played with Art Blakey and Blue Mitchell and Joe Henderson, Stanley Turrentine. I mean, that's just an an incredible number of folks. So, you know, that's something to be said right there um, for just a guy who is, you know, you know, composing these little bluesy numbers, and uh, yeah, it's just incredible. And, and hopefully you were digging this music too because, you know, I, I think that if there's ever a time to really put some kind of spotlight on uh, the happy, groovy, beautiful music of Horace Silver, it's 2020. Am I right? So, all right. Let's get back to some more music. Enough talking from me. Uh, I'm just glad to share some of this um, info with you. And, you know, we do love all y'all. So let's get back to some groovy sounds from the great Horace Silver here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
the great Horace Silver Quintet. Ah, with probably one of the most known, if not the most known, Horace Silver composition tune that's ever played. Song for my father. Mm. For John Tavares Silver, Horace Silver's father, who actually graced the cover of the Blue Note album of the exact same name, Song for My Father. Um, yeah, man, recorded in 1964. Song for My Father features Carmel Jones on the trumpet, the great Carmel Jones, Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, Teddy Smith on the bass, Roger Humphreys on drums, Horace Silver on piano. Mm. Man, it doesn't get much better than that. You know what I mean? Uh, but before that, we heard the great sister, Sadie, which is a great cover of that, by the way. Speaking of covers that we talked about in one of the few set breaks here, uh, by the great Ray Brown. Man, yeah. I mean, Ray Brown, he's got a killer version of Sister Sadie. Uh, another original composition by Horace Silver, and it's from the album that we've talked about many times in this podcast, Blowing the Blues Away. This is one of my first introductions to Horace Silver, and man, it just hit me over the head. Blue Mitchell, trumpet, Junior Cook, tenor sax, Horace Silver, piano, Gene Taylor, bass, and Lewis Hayes on the drums. Before that, we heard Senior Blues, <laughs> which is a nickname I gave to my buddy Dave. And if you want to go comb through the podcast and find uh, when the, the few times that uh, my buddy Dave pre-pandemic uh, guest starred here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. It's always a riotous good time with great music and great libations and great company. So shout out to my friend Dave, a.k.a. Senior Blues. We heard the track Senior Blues from the Blue Note album Six Pieces of Silver, in which there are six original compositions and uh, one standard. So... Uh, that was recorded in June of 1958, I believe. And um, no, I'm sorry. Ex the other tracks were on recorded in June of 58. The main album was recorded in November of 1956. Yeah, even earlier. And uh, Senior Blues featured the great Donald Byrd on trumpet, Hank Mobley on tenor sax, Doug Watkins on the bass, Lewis Hayes on the drums, and Horace Silver on piano. Before that, we heard another track from the album, Song from My Father. We heard one of my absolute favorites. It's this mellow groove. It's a slow burn. It's called Que Pasa. <laughs> Written by Horace Silver, featuring the same crew, Carmel Jones, trumpet, Joe Henderson, tenor sax, Horace Silver, piano, Teddy Smith, bass, Roger Humphreys, drums. And then we started out the set with an original composition from Horace Silver called Pyramid. And this comes from the Blue Note album from 1958 called Further Explorations by the Horace Silver Quintet. Features Lewis Hayes on the drums, Teddy Kotick on the bass, Horace Silver on piano, Clifford Jordan on the tenor saxophone, and the great Art Farmer on the trumpet. And Pyramid is one of those tunes that just, it, it really made me think of something that I think needs to be said, you know. Um, 
there was this great fascination, at least in the jazz idiom, with exoticism, you know, uh, or I should rather I should say imaginary exoticism. So you have these cats writing these songs, um, and Horace was particularly great at this, that could you could take with your ears your imagination to distant lands, you know, with songs like Safari and Pyramid, right? And you've got, um, you know, songs like uh, The Natives Are Restless Tonight, Senor Blues, you know, uh, the Baghdad Blues, right? And there's a whole host of others. Um, Let me just kind of pop through here and look. I mean, there's just lots of areas and things like that. The Tokyo Blues, you know. You've got um, Mexican Hip Dance. Summer in Central Park. You know. Jungle Juice. Rain Dance. You know, The Preacher. The Cape Verdean Blues. African Queen. And the idea, you know, behind all of this is that you can go to these distant, la- these distant lands, even if they were connected to Horace, like the Cape Verdean Blues, because his father was from the Isle of Mayo in Cape Verde. The idea is you could go on a safari, or you could go to the pyramids, or you could go uh, to the Cape Verdean, you know, or the Cape Verde Islands, or you could go to a, a, a church you know, a church house with a preacher, or you could go to Mexico, or you could go, you know, to any of these places, Baghdad, through song, for that moment. And, you know, that that's another thing that I think is kind of, that's integral, and, and I think that that's, that's cool, and it, it's kind of like, you know, where can your imagination take you, right? And especially in these times, I think that that's a really good skill to have because there's not many people that can book a flight right now, nor would they probably want to um, for safety reasons. You know, you can't go to a pyramid right now. You can't go to a jungle. You can't go to the Cape Verde Islands. You can't go on a safari. You know, you can't go to Baghdad. So in that case... We might as well travel for, you know, three, five, ten minutes, whatever, while we can. And through our tour guide, Horace Silver. So, um, yeah, that kind of exoticism, you know, of of distant, far-off lands and what that soundtrack might be like, that's a pretty cool thing. So, I don't know. That's an angle that not a lot of people necessarily think about, but I think about. And hopefully um, you'll, you know, think about and if you want to take a little trip, then, you know, get you a Horace Silver album and, you know, have some good vibes and take a trip to a pyramid or a safari or the Cape Verdean Blues, you know, uh, through any of those songs like that. So that's kind of the cool part about it. And um, 
yeah, hopefully that helps, you know, because like I said, that's what that's really. And I mean this. Our mission is truly to try to cure whatever ails you. And I think what what's ailing a lot of people right now is this whole pandemic and being shut in. And, you know, you, you want to stay safe, but you're also kind of going stir crazy. So hopefully this this podcast like the Dr. Jazz podcast and other great podcasts that are out there are helping you out, you know, and if you want to go and travel sonically through sound then hopefully me and you know I can lead you to Horace Silver and he can be a great tour guide because God knows he's been a great tour guide for me so you know it's nothing but love for all y'all because that's what we have is love for each other as humanity right so there you go alright we got one more set coming at you so don't go anywhere hopefully you have dug this don't forget you can check out the Dr. Jazz podcast and find it wherever you find your podcast if that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher etc we are there and if we're not where you find your podcast and you've stumbled on us then please you know drop us a line drop us an email let us know we'd love to hear from you okay also you can check out our website, which has got all the information that you would need to find out each track and what album it comes from with the correlating album art. And that's, that website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast, dot WordPress, dot com. And if you want to follow us on Twitter to find out when each new episode drops, we're there for you, and feel free to write us there as well. Love to hear from you. And the way to follow us is at symbol N-D-H jazz. Okay? Now, let's get to this last great set of music by our spotlighted artist, the great Horace Silver. <laughs> Thank you. 
Lisa. You gotta shake that thing from Horace Silver 1997 album, A Prescription for the Blues. And I didn't I can't think of a better way to end this Dr. Jazz podcast, curing whatever that ails you, except for a prescription for the blues by Horace Silver. <laughs> you gotta shake that thing, 1997 features. Man, I can't believe this. It's 1997, and it's featuring Lewis Hayes on the drums, which we've heard that name so many times before. Uh, Ron Carter on the bass. Randy and Michael Brecker, the Brecker brothers, on the trumpet and tenor sax chair, and the great Horace Silver on piano. Incredible. Incredible. Um, Before that, we heard... The Tokyo Blues, another Horace Silver original from the album of the same name on Blue Note Records. The Tokyo Blues, recorded in 1962, featuring John Harris Jr. in the drum chair with Gene Taylor on the bass, Horace Silver on piano, Junior Cook, tenor sax, and Blue Mitchell on the trumpet. The Tokyo Blues. Before that, we heard one of my personal favorite Horace Silver compositions called To Whom It May Concern. From Horace Silver and the Jazz Messengers, Art Blakey on the drums, Doug Watkins on bass, Horace Silver on piano, Hank Mobley on tenor sax, and the great Kenny Dorham on the trumpet. Before that, we heard another track from the album In Pursuit of the 27th Man. We heard one track before that featured the Brecker Brothers, but this one features a quartet of... Mickey Roker on drums, Bob Cranshaw on the electric bass, Horace Silver on piano, and David Friedman on the vibraphone. We heard Summer in Central Park. And that is from In Pursuit of the 27th Man. And then we started off the set with one of my all-time favorite tunes, The Sophisticated Hippie, a tune that Horace wrote as a musical tribute to the late great Duke Ellington, featuring... Horace Silver on piano, Bob Cranshaw again on electric bass, uh, Bernard Purdy on the drums, Tom Harrell on the trumpet, Bob Berg on the tenor saxophone, Jerome Richardson on woodwinds, Buddy Collette on woodwinds, um, Oscar Brashear on trumpet and flugelhorn, Bobby Bryant on trumpet and flugelhorn, um, Vince DeRosa on the French horn, and... Maurice Spears on the bass trombone and Frank Rosalino on the trombone. A bunch of West Coast cats, man. This comes from uh, the Blue Note album Silver and Brass. The Sophisticated Hippie. So, and man, killer, killer saxophone solo by Bob Berg there too. So, this concludes our spotlight on the great Horace Silver. Hopefully you've dug it. Hopefully it's sent some major good vibes your way. And, you know, you've bobbed your head, you've popped your fingers, you've patted your feet, and hopefully it lifts your spirits just a little bit because that's what we're here to do is cure whatever it is that ails you. And God knows that we're all facing various ailments from 2020. So remember to check out the, the website, Dr jazzpodcast.wordpress.com to get all the album info, album art, that way you can order whatever it is that strikes your fancy Um, yeah, share with your friends remember we're on Twitter, at NDHJazz and you can find us wherever you find your podcast, you know, write a review send us a, you know, some mail, love to hear from you and until next time ashes to ashes 
dust to dust. Y'all be good now. Cousin Jazz, we trust.